After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hello, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. Yeah, we talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. I'll eat as much as I want. Who's king around here anyway? My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm king around here, and I'm here with Genevieve Has. Maybe she's my queen. Maybe she's not. That was a weird thing to say. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. I'm sorry. I know. It's so weird. I, I, I don't I, I don't, don't go like in for that. that. You're my queen. I don't like that I know at all. some people do. It just doesn't work for me. It was As it was coming out of my mouth, I didn't know how to put the words back in. <laughs> I know. We both blanched. Do you want to start over? No. Let's just go all for right. It. Well, off to a good start. <laughs> uh, hey, by the way, we have somebody very special uh, joining us today. Could she be our princess? <laughs> okay. We got to restart. Are you no, kidding no. me? That's got to stay in. <laughs> we mentioned last week that she would be making an appearance and she is... Our friend, your friend, your chief marketing officer, all the way from, as I like to say, our nation's beltway. Yes. Our na- indeed, from our nation's beltway. Taylor Bernie, how you doing? I'm well. How are you guys? It's been way too long it uh, that it took us to uh, have you on the show. Well, I'm excited to be here, all the way from the nation's beltway. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, can we make that a thing, by the way? I think it is a thing. Okay, good. It should be. Thank you. I'm actually, I don't know why, but I'm giving you a, a pad of paper and a pen just in case you need to write things down during the that. show. Yes. There will be no quizzes today, unfortunately. Um, but, but we have a full show sheet. Yes. Fortunately, we do have a full show sheet. Would you like to lay it? out Vives? well this is really taylor's uh, rodeo but um it's all rodeo stuff i should have come up with a better uh better metaphor there uh taylor you said that you're interested in all things royal i am i sort of i don't really know where it started other than as a precocious teen one year my grandmother gave us all magazine subscriptions i was like late middle school early high school and i picked vanity fair Oh, don't know why. Nice, solid pick. I mean, I still get it. So yes, I'm I'm glad with the pick, and they do a lot of royal family coverage, and I think that's a lot of where that came really? from. Really? Yeah, they do. It's what, pretty reliable. Was that when you started getting Vanity Fair? What mm-hmm. era in British royalty was that? Was that like divorcing Diana and Charles? Yes, oh, that's it was. a good it was era. The ugly, you know, sort yeah. of ugly bad days, and it followed through to the the good golden days as we look ahead to the future. Yes. Uh, yeah. Are these the golden days now? I feel like we're in a golden era mm-hmm. for them right now. They probably feel yeah. that way. I mean, no one's like, no one's been totally scandalized lately. That's yeah. right. Um, well, I know nothing or almost nothing about the royal family. I've started learning a little bit because I, I watched The <laughs> Did Crown. Did you watch The Crown? Yeah, that's exactly. That's what, that's what happened. Like, I, I, you know, there are some people who are almost belligerently against knowing anything about the royal family. Yeah. I don't think I was that, but I really didn't get why I should care at all. Um, and there is something about once you just know the tiniest bit, not not unlike baseball, once you just start to know the tiniest bit of the narrative and who the people are, then it can kind of get its hooks in you a little bit. Although, don't you guys quiz me today. I'm going to do as little talking as possible, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> well, we're not going to talk too much about... Uh, so, so today, I pull, we pulled commercials um, that have some sort of royal um, theme to them. So it's not going to be a lot of actual present day royals um but it's going to kind of be like royals throughout history from different cultures just royalty generally and how it's used of course in 
commercials. Yeah, and commercials. All right. And then later on, we're going to check in with the ad council. I did not click on them because I like to be delightfully surprised on the air. But um, do I see that we have some jingles? Good news. Got some jingles. All right. So our, I don't know if we were uh, beseeching or uh, just maybe clobbering people with the message Thank you, last Jingle week Rainmakers. <laughs> that we wanted uh, to hear your jingles. Um, so you've called in our voicemail line. We'll hear what jingles uh, you left us. But first, let's get into this uh, royal business. For how long I have to let this play? I think you got the gist. That's yeah. uh, that it's is subtle. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's Zadok the priest, which I they at least according to the crown is the royal coronation song mm. that they play when they crown the the monarch of England. Um, and speaking it, of the crown, that's why when they started playing this in the TV show The Crown, I was like, the fuck! Yeah, like, it sounds so to an American Zadok yeah. the priest sounds very exotic. It really does. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so Zadok the Priest it is. Um, now, for our first commercial, Veeves, we're going back to the royal wedding. Well, this one is kind of the one the one concession, or really the one I could find. Mm-hmm. I was looking, Taylor, for all of the... Do you remember those when you were kids? Like, the royal uh, plate of yep. Charles and the Diana. The royal mint, the coin. Yes. Where yes. did all those commercials go? They're all know, missing. They still make them. They made a coin, I believe, for the most recent for Harry and Meghan's wedding. Yeah. With, like a special portrait on it. And, you know, I imagine they might have been a little bit more broadly advertised in the UK. But I don't feel like you see any of that. I feel like the only place you see it, I like to flip through every week the coupon section in the Sunday paper because you see the most amazing, ridiculous things in there. And I feel like that's the only place you see anything like that. Do you clip coupons or do you just do it uh, because you find it interesting? I mostly do it because I find it interesting. Every once in a while, I stash them in the junk drawer and that's mostly where they stay. Hmm. Yeah. I seldom actually use it. And it's usually for stuff that I'm like, oh, look, banana dipped you know, bananas dipped in chocolate in the freezer section. I mm-hmm. need that. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't need any of this. At the freezer section of yeah. your local grocer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this first one is not a plate. It, it is not a coin. It is a well, ring. Let's, yeah, listeners mm-hmm. to your other podcasts will recognize this because this is the Royal Heirloom Ring, which was um, a, a knockoff or a, a replica of the ring that Prince uh William, excuse me. I, somehow all the... Th- William, Philip, and Charles are interchangeable in my head. Yeah. Um, that Prince but Char- William... Wait, Charles is their Charles dad, is their though. dad. Okay. Philip is their grandfather. Right, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't... Because I was like, wait, they're all brothers? No, no. They're, right. they're three generations. But William married Kate a few years ago. They now have... You know, they, she, he's the heir apparent um, after Charles... And they're, they now have two children, uh, George and Charlotte. Three. They just had another one. That new one. Yeah, oh my God, Kate had a baby like a month before this wedding. Good which, Lord. And what they name it, it's kind of a good name, right? Louis. Louis. That's oh, right. Louis, it's a French. Right. I yeah. remember thinking it was yeah. very French. God. Very French. They just really I thought it was Milo yeah. for Took some care reason. of business. It was Milo. Milo. Um, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> they really admire Gwyneth. She's a big Goop fan. Um <laughs> So this was for their wedding, and it was this the allegedly this ring, this you know priceless heirloom from Princess Diana that he gave to Kate, and this was a a copy of that ring that you could get. And the reason most of your our listeners will already know about it is that Jen Flash Andrews famously bought this ring 
And then I think tried to give it to you at a live event one day. Uh, tried to. What I have in my drawer right here is I didn't even know the history of this. We were doing a live show after our 24-hour <laughs> marathon a few months back. And she was making a big deal about this ring. And I didn't know oh, that there part it is. of TBTL history. Oh. So That's I was great. doomed to repeat it. And yeah. so somehow on stage, she ended up giving me this. I think I, she said, like, if you can make the audience laugh, I'll give you this ring. So she thinks the world of me, clearly. Uh, at some point, I got a pity laugh. And so that's it. So that is the ring. It's I'm going to let you take a look at that, Taylor, while yeah. we take a listen to this commercial. On the 16th of November, 2010, His Royal Highness Prince... Can I just say, <laughs> how far did I get? 10 seconds? Could they have got... This doesn't even sound like a British accent. This sounds like an American making fun of a British accent. Mm -hmm. This is really yeah, bad. Is. On yeah. the 16th of November, 2010, His Royal Highness Prince William, heir to the throne of England, an elder son of Prince Charles and the late Diana, Princess of Wales, announced his engagement to Catherine Elizabeth Middleton. Kate's story of an everyday girl meeting her prince and one day becoming the Queen of England is a fairy tale come true. The we did so much setup on this. We they didn't have to say shit. Up. I know. <laughs> like they're not even they haven't even gotten to the ring yet. We're twenty seconds in. Ring betrothed to Kate Middleton is the same ring Prince William's mother, Diana, received on her engagement. And it is one of the only mementos that the prince chose to keep following his mother's passing. Today it rests on the hand of his bride to be, Kate Middleton. In yes, I like how the voices are right mm -hmm. up in here. The yes. Historic Society is making available a limited edition replica of this timeless heirloom. Who is? It's the British Historic Society. So I Googled them this afternoon, <laughs> and they don't exist. They're not maybe a they real thing. they just have really bad SEO. There is, maybe. There's a British Historical Society, which looks mm. legit, and like they actually do research and support some different, you know, Things Are you saying the this royal is family? just crass commercialism? I, I mean, I suspect it could potentially be. <laughs> so there is a British Historical Society, Correct. but this is claiming to be from the British Historic Society. Yes. Is that like the maybe that's just the company that they created to sell this ring? I mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe. The beautiful simulated Salon Sapphire represents the original quality of the centerpiece and is surrounded by scintillating, brilliant. They just cut write original diamonds, quality above it plate. as if. If that has any Star meaning. Original quality. Color and unsurpassed. The original. Oh, did we miss scintillating diamonds? Scintillating. One of the most coveted pieces of jewelry in the world. Now it's your chance to share in the most anticipated wedding of the century. For a limited time. I'm, I'm legit interested in finding out how much Jen paid for this thing. Oh, wait till you. Well, well, we'll get there. Find out. The British Historic Society is making available this timeless collector's masterpiece. The original price was to be set at $119, Ooh. but today it can be yours for just $19.90. What? <laughs> They're slashing prices. Don't tell their manager. It's complete with a hinged decorative velveteen box. Hinged decorative velveteen box. Due to overwhelming demand, we're only able to process one order per household. One order per Call household. This number or go to royalring.com now to reserve yours today for the low price of $19.90 and own your piece of Royal British history. When you call, find out about free shipping. Well, uh, would you believe that I'm trying to get to royalring.com right now and either my internet is down or that shit doesn't exist anymore? I'm shocked by that. The I shell actually, company that set up Royal <laughs> Historic Society. I am kind of shocked because you, know, you think that surprising. somebody would still be able to sell something, right? 
Yeah, well, well I'm, I'm almost surprised they didn't reissue it. They, and they did do a version for Harry and Meghan's wedding. I follow um, Kate Bennett, who's a reporter for CNN, who usually covers the first lady at the White House, was there for the wedding, and she she bought one. Um, she was unashamed in, in sort of posting it on Instagram and saying, yes, that's right, I've been here 20 minutes, I've already bought the fake, um, you know, ring that Harry gave to Meghan, but, and she has this one as well, so she was showing that off. So they did do a new version for this more recent wedding, but apparently not the Royal Historic Society underwriting that one. No. Have you guys read uh, Katie Weaver's piece about her uh, getting close to the royal wedding? No, I really should. You I love her. You have to read it. It oh, is hilarious. Yeah. There's no point in me summarizing it on the show. I guess I just asked you that as friends, not as podcasters. <laughs> uh, but I would recommend to the audience as well, if you like Katie Weaver. We'll even go look time, for I mean, it and, she is, and include it with the links this week. She is just ridiculously hilarious. Okay, so uh, that was 2010. That's still a little too modern for uh, my bones. How about we go back to the 1500s? Let's go. Henry the Eighth. Henry the Eighth. Oh, sorry, I didn't. I, I sounded like you were going to do a music cue or something. No, I don't know. I was just handing it off to you. This is your show. Um. Yes. Yeah, so Henry the Eighth. So the way Taylor, the way I did this research yeah. is I, after sort of striking out with like royal, commercial, king, queen, like it didn't pull up that much interesting stuff. I was like, I bet I know how how these are organized. I bet mm-hmm. if I look for famous royalty mm. throughout history, Very there's got to be something. Yep. And sure enough, there is a Pepto-Bismol commercial that looks like it's probably from the 70s. Um, that 1982. 1982. So uh, featuring, uh, you know, Henry VIII in his full, like, obese glory. Yep. Not the Damian Lewis one who stars in Will Paul. Right. Uh, and, just, and, not the, and not the, isn't it Matthew Reese? Didn't he? Wasn't yeah, he the Tudors one? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So oh, not really? Young, Ooh, not, hot, saw, not hot Henry, Henry VIII. Like right. more like old yeah. murdering Henry. Yeah. But after we get to this, there is a young hot Henry VIII commercial, True. which surprises the hell out yes. of me. But let's yeah. let's keep our powder dry uh, and take a listen to this first. A 1982 commercial for Pepto Bismol. We see uh, Henry VIII on no, not on his throne, behind a giant, like a like a big table banquet. eating yeah. like sort of the classic turkey leg and lots of food and drink. And he's rah 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 talking like that, shoving food in his face. Off camera, we hear uh, his his queen, his bride, yeah. uh, complaining, nagging uh, that he's eating too much. Um, and he says, I'm on my fifth wife so far. Right. So that's Kitty Howard, right? right? Good okay. for you. Look at you. I did a little. I just made yeah, sure. Yeah, but I she had read my... all those Philippa Gregory novels. Yeah, but I also went back before the show just to make sure that I didn't embarrass myself in front of you guys. Because I have he, other he, ways. He I He had six wives myself. total. Right. So. Oh, hello. I'm Henry VIII. Five wives so far and not one could understand me. Henry, get away from that table. You're getting too fat. All right, nagging. Just because I love to eat. What if I want to eat? I'll eat. As much as I want. Who's king around here? I just want to point out that he is now um, standing up very aggressively and uh, waving around and punctuating his sentences with a turkey leg. Who's king around here anyway? It's enough to give a monarch an upset stomach. Upset stomach? Pepto-Bismol. It coats, soothes, relieves. You'd understand, wouldn't you, my pretty? (laughs) Now, let me tell you what happened at the end of that. First of all, the first time I heard that audio, I wasn't looking at the final scene and that that little giggle. I thought it was an actual Mm. child, but it's not. It is a young woman who I guess we're supposed to assume is going to be his next wife, right? He's already moving on to the next one. That's 
Parr, Catherine Parr. Right. How do you guys feel about the depictions of these two, these two queens? I do not think this would fly in a modern, in a more modern era. No, I mean the idea of using Henry VIII to market anything is sort of entertaining, and then the idea of sort of saying eat like this man who you know sort of just was known for being indulgent and sort of going after women and just living this lifestyle that was not desirable. Like I think typically when advertisers use royalty or like evoke royalty, right? The idea is regal and refined and sort of up above. And I think of Henry VIII as being like in it, right? Like he's just not someone you want to emulate in any kind of way. Um, And the idea of eating like him is just unappetizing. Yeah, and also, I mean, he's a terrible person. He yeah. is, but it, but it's it, you really terrible. can see between 1982 and today how much his reputation and his the way he is thought of has changed. I actually give Philip he's like a, a great, car- cartoon character. He's a cartoon character up until like yeah, about 15 years ago. And I actually give Philip Gregory a lot of credit for this, and maybe just sort of generally changing mores and and whatnot. But like. He was seen as like like the six wives of Henry VIII and ah ha ha, he had two of them beheaded and like it was just treated as like a joke and I don't think he was seen as a villain particularly in history any more so than uh, any other famous king, you know, but uh, he was a multiple murderer. I mean, he was a psychopath and uh, like I think it's really interesting. Like, you would never see this p- played for laughs now. All right, this is a totally ridiculous thing to say, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to because I did just read a bunch of those Philippa Gregory novels, which, by the way, I stopped at the good one. I was building towards The Virgin's Lover, but I had read so many in a row leading up to that, and that's supposed to be a really good one. Right? I mean, you, yeah. have the, you have the other Boleyn girl, which got me hooked, and then I didn't want to skip so I, as far as the timeline was concerned, so I'm like slogging my way through some of these other ones. And then I just got tired of it right before I got to The Virgin's Lover. I was like, ah, I'm done for a while, and I read a Stephen King book. Got my man points back. Um, But uh, here's my dissection of that. I think it would have made a lot more sense if he had said fourth wife. Because who came before Kitty Howard? She was the more kind of dowdy, kind of stern one. Anne of Cleves. Anne of Cleves. This commercial makes more sense if Anne of of Cleves is off screen kind of being more naggy. And then Kitty Mm -hmm. Howard is like this geekly little girl at the end. Yeah, but you have to know a fair amount about Henry VIII's progression through the wives to know that what you definitely know is that um he doesn't compl- he doesn't finish with five also if you know the little rhyme divorced beheaded mm. died divorced beheaded survived you know what happens to five okay so, so you reject my analysis i just think i it thought re- it was i thought it was pretty on the nose. i mean i, I think it it's pretty on point i think it's i think you're right from a logical standpoint from a historical standpoint but i think as far as what people can understand in a shorthand, it's too in-depth, especially sure. in 82. But if you just say fourth instead of fifth, it doesn't ruin the commercial, and you're appealing to people like me. Fair enough. Um, but like you said, I think that I'm Henry VIII, I am song was right. like probably the best touch point. It wasn't the Philippa Gregory novels or you know the Hillary Mantel, right? <laughs> right? Like the Bring Up the Bodies and, yeah. and Wolf Hall and whenever she finally writes the third one. So there is going to be a trilogy. Which, yeah, it's supposed to be a trilogy. I've heard she's working on it. And I'm like, hurry up. Yeah. Because I love those. They're really great. But And those focus more on the early days of his you know, reign and, and ascension to the throne. Which I still know very little about. But from reading those books, I was surprised to know. That, I mean, I only knew the cartoon caricature right. of him, right? Um, or that he was ever a, you know, kind of a, 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 a sexual being, if I can just use those words. Because that is how he's portrayed, certainly, I in was, Philip Gregory's I was books. sincerely taught, uh, like, with no... 
no would no one batted an eye and said oh um yeah he he killed all of his wives because uh, they couldn't bear him a son mm-hmm. as if that's just like well you know as one does as one right, does sure yeah. Right. Well, this next commercial is actually it's a little bit newer. This I was like, also taught that the Civil War was not over slavery, so I didn't go to the greatest public school system. The War of Northern Aggression. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Um, so this is for Kellogg's cereal called Crunchy Nut, and the um, the the uh, actual name of this commercial apparently is Henry the Eighth, which I would not know. No. This is mm-hmm. supposed to be Henry the Eighth if it weren't for the title of the commercial. Can you set this up, please? It's a hunting party out in the woods. It's actually kind of high production values for whenever this was made. Um, and you've got what a, a character that I guess is Henry VIII, but he is the young, hot Henry, yep. which is very surprising to see in popular media that's not post-2000. Um, and he's about to take a, an arrow, like a shot at a deer when something interrupts his... Yeah, and of course he's got a whole party of you know hunters around him, and so everybody's being really quiet while the king takes a shot. Everybody pauses. He takes his bow and arrow, or sorry, his crossbow, and he aims at a deer. Somebody takes a bite of cereal. Somebody crunched. And he misses his shot. Like, it's got a real deer and everything. They're nutty. What? Nutty. 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 Kellogg's Crunchy Nut Tasty Nutty. Oh, and if you don't think that's going to be a shit like this in an upcoming episode (laughs) after these messages, I don't know know what you're thinking. (laughs) Yeah, what a bizarre... uh, premise for an ad that is yeah and at the very end they have the horns they have like fake horns tied to two of the the two guys that were eating the cereal and they're running and he's taking a new shot at them and it is bizarre it is very high production value for what it is it's sort of surprising and mm-hmm. i mean if i have to choose i'll take hot young henry the eighth but it's sort of a bizarre premise it is and it 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 feels like something it's almost game of thrones like yeah yeah do you think that maybe it was uh, from that era we don't have a date on that there's no date on it but seems when relatively I feel new like right it seems relatively new but when did when have you ever heard of crunchy nut i mean maybe that's the i don't know how yeah. old a cereal that is that's a good point. Can I look it up on the fly? Will you guys allow it? Sure. Crunchy Nut Cereal seems to still be available on Amazon.com. Um, and it looks like um, it started during the 80s. So. Oh, and it looks like it's primarily in the UK. Interesting. Oh. Maybe that's a so, UK commercial. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Must be a more modern commercial, but just we don't have, that's why we haven't seen it. That makes yeah. sense. And they might know a little bit more about Young Hot. Henry than us. That does make a lot of sense, yeah. All right. I bet it is. You found some really fun ones from, from, I guess, the 70s or 80s for Imperial Margin. I vaguely remember Imperial Margin. Margarine. Margarine. Sorry, what am I saying? Margin? Yeah. They, um, they, I think they still make margarine, Imperial Margarine. I I feel like I've seen it in the store, uh, at least during my lifetime. Um, But because their name is Imperial, um, it kind of makes sense that they would sort of have some kind of royal uh, theme. And so for years, their advertising campaign, and there were, you know, a dozen of these, was every time you take a bite of something with their margarine on it, this classic crown, like the mm-hmm. big crown with the red velvet, you know, sack underneath the the metal parts. I don't have the line mm-hmm. of the vocabulary. No, you, I think nailed it. it. I you think need you here. You can picture it. it. Um, 
you you get a, it appears on your head, and so then you get to explain to everyone around you why you're wearing a crown because you ate all this great margarine. and how they can get one too. Yes. <laughs> this is at like a, com- can- a family's beach house, and the woman takes a bite of corn. Joan, he has a crown on your head. A crown, naturally. This corn has loads of imperial. New imperial margarine. A queen should have flavor so good. Imperial? It's just a margarine. A margarine it's with a whole a margarine. new flavor, that's all. But we buy margarine for corn oil. Wait. Who says that? Wait, slow down with your new margarine. We buy it for corn oil. Were people having those conversations in the 70s? Uh, honestly, was there, a, was there a time in America when people were like, yes, but does your margarine have corn oil? I don't think so. Oh, Imperial has corn oil. I think this Other is like it's toasted and flavor. I thought the same exact thing when I got to this. I thought of Don Draper saying, "Yours is toasted." Oh, oh Imperial has corn oil. Other pure vegetable oils and flavor. That special flavor you miss in all other margarines. How do they do it? Oh, well, that's Imperial secret. But it makes all the difference in the flavor. Hmm. Imperial margarine. She's trying it. A queen should have flavor so good. <laughs> a queen should have flavor so good. Imperial, corn oil and flavor. There's even a crown on the package. I really hope the drag queen community adopts that that uh, catchphrase. A, que- a queen should have it so good. <laughs> a queen should have flavor so good. So at the end, I just realized that it's lobster that she d- dips into yeah. the melted. At first, I thought she took a chunk of margarine, and I was like, "Oh, I saw really you disgusting. grimace." I was like, "That looks good to me." Yeah, yeah, it took me a second too, but then I realized it was lobster, and then I wished I had lobster. Yeah, Same. that definitely seemed like a, um, a a very kind of like Massachusetts sh- yeah it looks shore. Very I mean, kind of, that yeah. that voice margarine. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Uh, I like that. That takes me to a, a comfy time and place. Well, let's play one more um, from Imperial because it's even weirder. This one is a couple of kids, right? It's a, a little girl, maybe 14 or something, sitting mm-hmm. at a picnic Talking to table. A, a little bit younger boy. Yeah, and she's, I believe, uh, maybe she just bites whatever she's eating and the crown mm. appears on her head. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually... Uh, she's. We don't even get to see the magic crown appear. She's just sitting there eating, and her crown is already on her head. Hi, hi. Where'd you get that funny crown? Well, you just spread some imperial margarine on your bread. It- First of all, kid, also, why do you have to be an asshole right off the bat? Like, why do you have to call it a funny crown? It is. It would surprise me, I think. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't want to, uh, you know... I don't want to write this kid a blank check, but it is weird that she's wearing it. I just think it's setting a standard for this kid to grow up into a man who's just like kind of like pushing people around all the time. That's how I feel. Hi, hi. Where'd you get that funny crown? Well, you just spread some imperial margarine on your bread. It tastes so good it makes you feel like a queen, and you get a crown. Try some. Mmm, it tastes good, but I- So he's just taking a bite of the bread, but... No crown for him yet. I didn't get a crown. You're fooling me. Try it again. See? It takes a little longer for boys. Try Imperial. Stick yeah, she says that very haughtily at the end, and it feels like it's a double entendre. Yes. Yeah, it, it's sort of strange. Like, the first thing those made me think of was that show Queen for a Day that used to be on and like probably around the same era and I don't know the extent to which they were trying to play off of that idea and sort of play up the idea of 
you know, the mom's buying the margarine, so she's the queen of the household. And, you know, I, I don't know what the intent was there, but it's very strange. Yeah, it feels like there's clearly some sort of gendered uh, narrative going on there. Like, why why it takes longer for boys. And I had the same thought. Like, maybe it's about the fact that women do the cooking and the margarine purchasing and whatever. But it it doesn't, whatever it is, it's not a reference or a like a point of view that survived I think very well do you think it's just like an old timey I think maybe we're thinking about it too much or overthinking it it might just be like girls and boys picking on each other like sugar and spice everything nice dogs tails and whatever the hell boys are yeah I mean it it could just be sort of a sort of like a boys and girls cats and dogs I don't know I think that's probably it um, now, you don't want to just stay with the British royals, right, Vives, or this idea of, of the British royals. You also have some Cleopatra in here. Yes, a famous queen. All right, so what's the first one? Well, it's right off the bat, uh, when you search for Cleopatra commercials, you get Cleopatra soap. Um, and there are quite a few ads for Cleopatra soap, but this is like, this basically looks like Cleopatra, the, the Elizabeth Taylor movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say something here. Well, a couple of things I'm going to say here. First of all, it opens up in a scene that is very much for a second. I thought I was watching that Michael Jackson video. That's that takes... what it made me think. <laughs> yes. What is that called? The Cleopatra? Uh, remember the time. Remember yes. the time. With right. Iman. Yes. It's got like every celebrity who is hot at that moment in time. And I understand they're doing the exact same scene, mm-hmm. so that shouldn't surprise me. But the set seems so similar. That they I'm just, just like, wow. the same day. Some... But this was, for... this was so, 1987. Yeah. So I feel like maybe a director was like, I think I could take the seed of this idea for this Cleopatra soap and turn it into a fantastic They were like looking on the back lot at Warner Brothers and they found this old uh, Cleopatra soap set and they're like, great great news, Michael. Now, the other thing I'm going to say... Michael, you can keep keep Neverland Ranch for one more year. (laughs) I was going to um, not say this, but I am going to say this. And you guys, of course, I would hope that you would tell me that I'm just being a gross perv if I am being a gross perv. But this is a 1987 commercial. We see her at one point dip into a bath, you know, and all of her uh, slaves. Sure. <laughs> around Probably. Her. Uh, I think it's very revealing. I think it shows a lot of side boob for 1987. Watch it and then just tell me if you think I'm wrong and I'm just like obsessed. It- so you've got, you know, classic white Cleopatra uh, walking through the the chamber. She's being followed by black slaves, naked or, you know, shirtless, carrying like golden urns. She picks up the soap. Her soap. people Sensual undress her. Sumptuous as a cream. Cleopatra. A soap that anoints your skin. That there, that seems scandalous to me. Well, we have a I can't see as far down on the screen as you can. I have screen caps. I'll show you later. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Obviously, it's not super filthy. But I just I don't know. For the time, I was just like, wow, that's kind of that's kind of a lot of flesh. Yeah. But yeah. I'm very prudish. No, it is. And she's in like the I think Cleopatra famously bathed in milk. Right. Wasn't that part of her lore of like her beauty? That and, sounds plausible. I yeah. I feel like that was a thing that I remember learning about her at some point in the same way that, you know, you learned that uh, the 
Civil War wasn't about slavery. Right. Um, so it may or may not be actually true, but she's in like a white tub. It's, it's, it's like very a tub clear. full of white liquid. Yes, and they're pouring. You are pouring, seeing a little bit of underboob. I'll give it yeah, to you. Yeah, and you're yeah. pouring, um, and they're definitely pouring milk in there or some sort yeah. of white water. It's not It's not like a water bath. And then you also see them pouring the perfume. It's very sumptuous. It's, it, it is. Yes. And they at the end, the little soap sails off on a barge, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Yeah. Um, okay, now, sticking with Cleopatra, this is one from 1967, Veeves. I don't remember this one that well. Well, obviously, I wasn't alive then, but I did watch it earlier today. This is for KFC, or I guess pre-KFC. It's, <laughs> it's Kentucky for Fried. Kentucky Fried Chicken. This one what is, is the, the connection? This is, the, this is my favorite one of our whole list. It is... I said I yelled out loud like, oh, no. <laughs> when, I, when I was researching these yesterday. Um, yeah, it's like a... It's a Cleopatra story. You've got a a tent, like kind of a royal looking tent set up on a beach somewhere. Um, and she's uh, canoodling in her, you know, luxurious surroundings with, I assume, Caesar or maybe Mark Antony. I think it's Caesar. I think they say it at some point. Um, yeah. One of the one of the or Greek, maybe it was the haircut that made me think it one was of Caesar. the Greek dudes that she famously boned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh She's she doesn't want to bother cooking, so like I'll let the commercial take it from there. She's being fanned by slave girls and rubbed and make made up, all Cleopatra kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And here comes Caesar. They kiss. Who's got time to make dinner when you're busy making history? <laughs> Colonel Sanders' Kentucky Fried Chicken tastes great. And now they're just chowing so down on drumsticks. But making, like, you sultry eyes at each other. Mm-hmm. Stop to fix dinner. Why should you? You make history. Now we they're... will make dinner. <laughs> We have to let the audience in on what just happened yeah. here. So, wait, I even want to go back a little bit. So Caesar comes in. That's when the music changes. And they're just uh, sitting around and they're like, is it like a chase lounge? I yeah. use that wrong. And, uh, and, and then they just start pulling greasy chicken out of a bucket. Sure. And they're making come hither eyes at each other uncomfortably. Right. While biting into um into drumsticks. And then somehow the damn colonel shows up. She sends she they they run out of chicken. They need more chicken. They need more chicken. She oh, holds I see up she the, holds up the empty bucket. To one of her mm-hmm. servants. The servant goes over and then I guess is that the real That's the Colonel. That's, that's the real the colonel, colonel. Yeah. Who hands the servant a buck another bucket of chicken so they kind of like walk off this like set right, sort of right. to uh, do we see the external shot of a kentucky fried as chicken as if the beach is across the parking lot right. right from this kentucky fried chicken and now they get their chicken back and now the final shot it looks like we're gonna see them basically making out yes. like full on kissing but they're each just kind of awkwardly holding a chicken leg in their hand and they've got to be greasy as hell by fixing Sunday dinners seven days oh, a week oh god and they've got a picture of the colonel uh, in the background of their love tent well helps him perform he's wearing a chef hat too he I, is I appreciate it it's a little formal yeah what yeah, that is, is fantastic. That is fantastic. I, the 60s were a weird time. They were weird. And I feel like those were very Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton 
<clears throat> excuse me, knockoff actors. In yeah, that totally. Show. Like very much playing off that film and and that sort of vibe. And that's probably. I mean, it's it's meant to be silly. I mean, it's not like. I do like how they sort of undermine the idea, though, that, like, Cleopatra was this great queen, but she couldn't cook. And so the colonel, well, the colonel right. just came in and saved the day. Yeah. Right. Um, this next one I threw in here maybe just so that I felt like I did something for today's show. Did you did you come across this one? Because I just typed in royalty commercial, and this was the very first one to pop up. I didn't happen to see this one. When you type in royalty and commercial, a lot of stuff comes up. So I, I was... I didn't see everything. Well, it's for Midas. Midas doesn't just do tires, right? Midas is like a kind of a, a quick car repair place. Is that right? I don't really uh, know. You guys didn't grow up so. with it? Oil changes maybe too? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a little bit almost like a jiffy lube kind of yeah. place. Midas, brakes, tires, oil change, all of your auto repair needs. And they're a chain. In this one, um, this actor who I looked up, he reminds me a little bit of your favorite guy, Veeves who is in Vice Principals. Um, Walton Goggins. Don't you think he looks a little bit like Walt? Is it Walton Goggins? I think think it's Walton Goggins. Um, I mean, I think that's awfully kind to Walton Goggins, honestly. Well, anyway, this is not Walton Goggins. I looked him up. He's some guy who grew up in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Um, And he's sitting on a golden throne. Have you guys watched this one yet? Mm -hmm. So he's sitting on a golden throne in a, a garage, in a Midas garage. Um, and he's sitting on his throne, but everybody else around him is just dressed normally like your your average modern people. And you see one of the mechanics slash salespeople talking to a customer. I think we're going to begin by hearing this um, King Midas guy talking directly to us. Being King Midas, I expect the best of everything. You should too. And we got all the top brands of tires. Yes, indeed. Take these Michelin tires, for example. <laughs> So King Midas goes over, touches the tires, and what do you think happens? They all turn to gold, and they break the stand they're on. Or these Cooper tires over here. And, of course, he won't go anywhere near them because... We got more in the back. Always a touch better means great brand. I don't know if this friends. is the best one to use, but there's a whole series of them that I found pretty funny. There's one where he's going around That like, wasn't Jordan Peele who was the other customer, was it? Mm. It's a lookalike. For sure, it's not. I don't think it is him. But yeah, probably not. Uh, he was short. certainly wasn't. Oh no, no, yeah, that's definitely not him. Um, there's another one where he's going around touching things, and they're all turning to gold, and it's pretty funny because there's a golden retriever in the corner. There's a big sign that says "Do not touch." <laughs> uh, I thought it was a pretty spiffy ad, but again, I don't have a lot to really say other than um, look, I did my homework too. Uh, there was a Lexus Black Panther commercial, which I don't think we need to play. These yeah. Take on that. But I just thought it was kind of an interesting one. Like it's kind of a modern take on kingship because most of the, the really funny plays, like jokes about royalty or or playing with the idea of royalty, seem to come from a few decades ago. And I was thinking about why that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I I think that we've gotten a little bit more sensitive, you know, in this current snowflakey era. Can't say anything Can't anymore. Can't say anything anymore. Uh, I think. There is a little bit more understanding that, like, these people were real people and they actually, like, some terrible things either did some terrible things or had some terrible things happen to them. Um, So I think now when you see royalty depicted, it's more, it's going to be more in the vein of like a Black Panther where it's totally fictional Mm -hmm. or like a Game of Thrones. Yeah. More evoking that rather than actual royalty. Right. Uh, You also had something uh, here. 
for celebrity cruises. These is called King and Queen on Vacation. Yeah, this one was kind of funny because it wasn't about any actual royalty, but it was about the idea of royalty and how how I mean, so much, so many of these ideas, like it'll it's fit for a king, it's fit for a queen, it'll make you feel like royalty. Like that idea, I can understand being very compelling. And in this one, I think it's a bunch of people um, chatting with co-workers, friends in, you know, in like just modern, somewhat dreary offices uh, talking about how things used to be better for them. Not so long ago, I was a king. I was a queen. I was not to be disturbed before 9 a.m. I was to be awoken at 6 for my sunrise walks. My rooms were filled with long-stemmed roses. My butler knew exactly how I took my tea. I think of this as a temporary exile. Be treated famously aboard a celebrity cruise. Call your travel agent or log on. I actually have several things to say about this. Number one, kind of bold. I, I, I think I like it overall, but to focus on the part of the vacation where you're already in the post-vacation mm-hmm. depression yeah. is kind of weird, right? Yeah, for sure. It's It's... I remember when these ran and I remember liking them, but you're right. I think that idea of, you know, the vacation being over and like, oh God, I'm back to my office where the blinds are janky and I can't get them to close <laughs> or like I'm dropping my kid off at school and they don't even want to talk to me. That My coworker's yeah. rolling his eyes at me because I've been telling him about my cruise I was on for the last 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. Like the people in the cruise, I mean, the people in the ad, the, the former cruise goers are actually kind of obnoxious. Yeah. Um, that you know, I mean, yeah. they're intended to be sort of like over the top, but I think it's a, it is a weird pitch. It, it's one of those ads that feels to me like a pitch where an ad company or an ad maker, creative type, like had an idea that was clever, but no one really stopped to ask if it. Is this the, what we want people to take away? Is this what away? people want, we want people to vibe? take away from it's our... Like, it's, like a, it's a commercial for Jim Beam that says the hangover is going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's wor- the hangover is worth it. <laughs> right. Worth that it. would be an down. amazing campaign, by the way. <laughs> that would be something. I might actually... That might be... They might, that might like uh, shoot the moon for me in terms of like, you know, counterintuitive pitches if a liquor company did that. I had... Um, uh, the other thing that I wanted to say was there is a small detail in here that, you know, they they focus on it. We're supposed to notice it, but I just think it's genius, is there's a guy, he's in his office. So he's doing okay. He's some sort of a manager or something. He's got an office, but it's... It's just dreary. Yeah. You know, it just does not seem like a workplace the you want to be in. Don't, like yes, Taylor, like Taylor said, the blinds don't, like Taylor said, the blinds don't really yep. properly work. And it's those, it's that one, it's these vertical blinds. Ugh. I used to work in places that they're those long vertical blinds. They're about six feet tall. Yeah. And they're clipped in up at the top and you, and you have a little string on the side, but there's, they're supposed to spin. They're supposed to pivot back and forth right. to keep the light out or in. Um, but every now and then two or three of them will just go jank on you. And this guy is spinning them back and forth, back and forth, just trying to unloosen these two and they, they won't unloosen. I know what he has to do. I've done it. You have to go get a goddamn ladder. You have to go to the top and you have to physically move them with your head. Like that to me was like that little detail was almost tactile to me, yeah. uh, which I loved. There's also a detail in it that I hate that nobody's going to go with me on here, but. A, uh, a family is waking up and we hear this tea kettle go mm. off right here. Does anybody know what my problem I with this is? I was a queen. I was not to be... Look at that tea kettle. 
that tea kettle would not be making a noise. In order for a tea kettle to make a noise, you have to have a little cap over it oh, you're that right. turns it into a whistle. But this just has steam coming out of a big open hole, yet it's making a tea, a tea Aren't kettle Aren't there fancy sound. ones that have internal whistles? I knew somebody was going to say that. Sorry. I don't know. Is that I true? I don't know. I, maybe. Because how would you then turn it off? You take, take it, it off, off the heat. heat? Yeah. Okay. All right. I could be wrong. No, you're. I mean, we we have a tea kettle that is probably from the '70s, and we like inherited it from like a coworker in yeah. New England. It's, it's totally like impractical, very... but it, I like the way it looks. Yeah, so yeah. we just. Keep I like it. it too, and I like that it's old. So yeah, that might be yeah. it. Um, we have done yeah. a l- an internal whistle. Hmm. I could be wrong. No, I'm interested. I don't know. I, my grandmother was obsessed with tea kettles for really? a while when I was a kid, and I feel like we had a cycle of them that came through the house at various points, and I think one of them was like a fancier one that had. An internal whistle. Getting such a like a, a, a like kind of a, th- this picture of you as a young person, your family is really filling out for me. Yeah. Like you're you're <laughs> like you probably have like a bunch of like kind Layers. of cush, like a bunch like of like onion. giant pillows set up in like mm-hmm. kind of a corner, like a reading nook. Um, you're reading your Vanity Fair. Your grandma's in the other room polishing her tea kettles. Yeah. <laughs> what what else you know, is happening in this scenario? There's a you dog have a nice dog somewhere. Yes, right along. Yeah. yeah. Um, Veeves and I have been talking about this uh, dilly dilly mm-hmm. ad for a long time. I just time included now. this, this because Bud it felt one. wrong to exclude it since it's right. it's right in the middle of what we were talking about here. Mm-hmm. I do feel like we don't have to expend a ton of energy on it. Well, I wasn't trying to shoot you down. I actually, you guys were trading some emails back and forth though, and I can't remember what you said in your email, Taylor, but I was like, oh, that's an interesting layer that I wouldn't have considered because I'm just obsessed with the dilly-dilliness of this and that I just find the whole thing irritating. But what was your take? Well, I just think it's interesting, the idea that, you know, Bud Light goes after a specific market, right? And I think they're sort of looking for the person who's not necessarily a craft beer drinker or who is on occasion. And the idea of sort of setting up royalty as your Bud Light drinker is interesting. And then Mm. the way that they sort of have these people bring up gifts to the royals in this ad and then talking with them sort of shoots down that sort of craft beer drinker. So it's sort of that interesting question to me of like, who is your audience, Bud Light? Like, who are you going after with this ad? What are you trying to say about Bud Light with this ad? Like, is it the sort of nectar of these, you know, royal gods? Or is it the the stuff that your average Joe drinks? Or I don't know. I was very sort of getting mixed messages. Like, why do they have to put it in this setting? Because like, like, I'll tell you, I'm a Bud Light drinker. People know that. Um, They love it about me. It's one of their favorite things about me. Um, And when you tell somebody in this day and age you drink Bud Light. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. When you tell somebody that you like Bud Light... um, even if they're not the biggest snob, they'll be like, ew, that's cat piss. That's why don't you just drink water? Yeah, Here, why don't you like, just pour it straight this, in the yeah. toilet? It'll people be love faster. to do that. So, like, and I find that personally irritating. Which, P.S., you pee out everything you drink, people. I mean, right. So, um, this is clearly taking a shot at those kinds of people. As a matter of fact, I mean, for those of you who right. haven't heard this commercial before, what the hell? Sir Jeremy, you are a true friend of the crown. Jeremy is offering a six-pack of Bud Light to the king. You are an even truer friend of the crown. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. And here comes the third guy offering to the king. What, um, what is that? This is a spiced honey mead wine that I have really been into lately. (laughs) I love that line. I hate the dilly dilliness of it. I hate the fact that you can get shirts that say dilly dilly, but I've really been into lately. The hipster hipster thing there is very knowing and funny. Okay, but the king does not want this hipster bullshit. So bad. Dilly dilly. Right? Please follow Sir Brad. He's going to give you a private tour of the pit of misery. I'm sorry, what? Pit of misery! Dilly dilly! Dilly dilly! 
Here's to the French. So that's the commercial. And so, Taylor, you're saying that let, let's just take that idea and even take the dilly dilly out of it. This idea that you want to do a takedown of this kind of hipster bullshit. You could have something more modern and just kind mm-hmm. of like uh, just like a more down to earth person. Yeah. And I just get the idea that you're bringing Bud Light up to these people as like this gift that's so appreciated and they ha- they have everything. And like it's they, fit for what royalty. else could they possibly need? It's yeah. fit for these royalty, you know, these royal folks. And and yet, you know, then the thing that is maybe more refined and like well crafted and whatever, they're like garbage. Get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too. I don't know. I think of those ads as being sort of aimed at hipsters. No, I mean, I think a little bit, or is it like the hipster bro like overlap? What's the Venn diagram there? Like, what does I think that look it's, like? I think it's the it's the person in the hipster bro Venn diagram who is uh, who can be extracted or who's who might right. drink that drink the hipster beer, right? But uh, ultimately is be is willing to be convinced that it's just an affectation, right? So I or guess, playing on this feelings of people like me who already sort of have that feeling about them kind of reinforcing Mm -hmm. reinforcing that I think a little bit and giving you some giving you some cover right Uh, the permission to make fun of the the uh, craft beer hipster and I think it's interesting too because I mean Bud Light you know Anheuser-Busch and all those companies have bought so many craft beers that it's sort of I I think I know too much to like get where that ad is you know I think I'm just not I'm not the target audience for that ad, and that's fine, but I just guess I don't understand exactly how they're segmenting it. There was an interesting article about the two guys who came up with that, and I think they it was in the Seattle Times, but it was not a Seattle company. Um, I don't remember them getting into this, so I will just ask you guys to speculate. Do you think, I guess I'm directing this at you, Taylor, because that was kind of your idea of just like they're bringing it to the king, it's good enough for a king. Do you think that they essentially were just thinking what a lot of, probably creatives are thinking these days which is just like game of thrones and you know that era or that vibe that medieval kind of thing is just big right now what can we do in that era? do you think they really got into that idea of presenting it to royalty or they were just kind of it's you know going to, along i know you directed yeah. it at taylor but it's hard for me to believe that a company as big as anheuser-busch and a product as uh large a part of their ad budget as Bud Light doesn't get the full segmentation process sure right. I don't but I guess I mean in, in the in the earlier f- stages of spitballing are they trying are they tr- were they trying to solve the puzzle of how do we how do we elevate Bud Light to make it seem like it is the 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 drink of kings or somebody higher class like that or were they just probably riffing on this idea of medieval times and got to dilly dilly and right. figured the rest exactly out. I was gonna say which came first the catchphrase yeah. or the setting right because I think if you came up with Dilly Dilly first, then you're like, where do we put that? Yeah, right. Well, it's, I guess we put it at the old Knights of the Round Table or, yeah. you know, something similar. Yeah, it's hard for me to picture that that order of operations. I like I just don't think anybody starts this the ad process. I mean, we we do we put out RFPs for marketing campaigns and things, nothing on this scale and nothing. This you at work do. Yeah. And I have in other jobs and things where we bring in consultants to tell us how to get a message out there, but we start by telling them, these are the people that we want to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have market research, we tell them what we know about those people. Um, we develop personas. I mean, and this is for this is for work and clients on a infinitesimally smaller scale than what Bud Light is working with here. Like, I just don't believe a company like that I don't believe anything in an ad that they put out, especially a campaign of this magnitude and this amount of spend is anything but um, 
sliced and diced to the just like nth degree. They, they've done the research. And I wonder, too, I mean, I think there is the question of, you know, your your sort of target audience for your younger consumers. But I know there's also, so to add to your, your portrait that you've, you're creating, my dad owns a liquor store in Massachusetts. <laughs> and, you know, so I know a lot of people who buy Bud Light. And I know that a lot of those folks are older and working class. And I wonder to what extent they're sort of reaching out to that market and saying, you know, there are a lot of other options out there. We know your dollar is sort of, you know, finite as you're looking to spend it. Stick with Bud Light. We respect like, you. We respect you. You are our royalty in this sense. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that plays into it either because I think there's a really segmented audience for that particular product. It'd be interesting to see a breakdown of where those ads air, like where they mm-hmm. where they do their ad buys. That will tell you a lot about what kind of person that they're targeting. Yeah. I mean, I think we do know, though, that I mean, it was a major campaign that was fo- that was launched during and was kind of focused on the football season. Yeah. So, I mean, but again, that, that reaches a bunch of people. It's interesting to hear you guys say that, though, to compare it to the um, Miller Lite ads where they have a very, very specific thing, which is we're better than Bud Light. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. And they're yeah. just like looking to pick off right. people who are already drinking that level of beer. Uh, um, hey, can we can we skip ahead to this Dairy Queen commercial sure. that you sent us? What did you... Uh, <laughs> this is from you, Taylor. Can you set this up? So I was looking... I was thinking about different products and sort of where would you expect to find this, right? And and mm-hmm. I was thinking of different companies or, or institutions that have some sort of royalty in their name. And of course, Dairy Queen came up. So I started... Googling around and searching and found this, which is a really old ad. Um, I don't even know what year it was, but it's like really old, really though. old. It's a black and white cartoon. Yep. Animated. Like 40s, yep. I'm going to say late 40s, early 50s. TV in the 40s. Yeah, oh, that's but Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And this is definitely TV. It wouldn't be yeah. a, before a movie, right? It yeah. looks like, you know, earliest days of, of TV. Yeah. Yeah. Like it ran before I Love Lucy. Yeah. At, 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 earliest sorry no no i'm sorry for cutting you off and Mm -hmm. so this is um a a black and white cartoon and Mm -hmm. we see three little kids and they're slumbering and they're dreaming about these treats and then all of a sudden someone flies in the window who is it So there's like a cartoon fairy lady, and she's singing to them. She's got a crown, though, so I think she's the Dairy Queen. I guess so. She wakes them up with her wand. I'm the Dairy Queen. Won't you come with me along the milkshake way? I've got lots of good surprises. Fresh and yummy for you every day. There are they get on a horse made of clouds and ride it up to the Dairy Queen in the sky. And of the course, big, very, the great Dairy Queen in the sky. This is actually about Sids. Oh, that's horrible. You don't have to just dream about Dairy Queen. Your favorite Dairy Queen treat is a refreshing reality at your nearest <laughs> Dairy Queen store. It's a refreshing reality. It, I love that guy's voice at the end. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like sort of from like the Betty Boop era of, yeah, uh, of animation. Uh, a yeah. real, really old feeling. That might be the oldest commercial we've ever played on this yeah, show. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if yeah. there are old Burger King commercials. I mean, the, Burger King isn't that old, but like... I'll bet you some of the early Burger King commercials had more royalty involved. I know you didn't want to talk about them because the modern ones are just like creepy old. Yeah, I looked for some, guy. you know, obviously the Burger King, creepy king uh, is kind of came to mind for this, but he never talks. 
And so, right. and very few of the commercials actually have anything to do with royalty. He's just right. he's just sort of there. situated in the modern world, and he happens to be a creepy king. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I appreciate knowing that there is a Dairy Queen, though. Yes. Like, there is a queen of the dairy. They should revive her. They should. I loved that voice. I loved that song. If anybody wants to sing that jingle. Yeah. I know that you can't, I know that you won't sing a jingle here today. I assume, would you? Who knows what could happen? Really? Because (laughs) I I know that you have told me, I believe. I have to, I know, I did. In a private email, you said, I'm working up to it, but there's not enough whiskey in the house yet because you just (laughs) had a kid yourself. So I assume that since we're not drinking, the baby's drinking all the whiskey? Yeah. I mean, how else do you get them to sleep? <laughs> By the way, only because I just wanted to see what would happen if I turned uh, typed into vintage Burger King commercial. I found one here from the seventies. It is a um, kind of a just a very goofy looking cartoon of a short little animated king mm-hmm. on his uh, on his motorcycle. Let's just see what happens here. He pulls up to a Burger King. Here's the Burger King himself. Your Highness, exactly what is it you go to Burger King for? Lunch. <laughs> yes, but I mean, is it the Whopper? Thank you. Or the fries? Don't mind if I do. <laughs> or the shakes? Chocolate. This is like Sir, a Schoolhouse Rocks yes, level of animation. Yes, thank you. That's exactly what it is. Oil motorcycle, of course. <laughs> Burger King, where kids are king. I like it. I'm glad we did that. It was cute. Was that guy supposed to be a, like a newscaster? Was he there doing a stand-up it in the Burger see, King? It seemed like it. Yeah, he seemed at first like an MC also, sort of yeah. like a Also, if kids boxing. are king, why is a kid riding a motorcycle? Well, I, I mean, the lo- it was the It was the sort 70s. of like a Hot Wheels. Like, yeah. I don't know. It looked like a chopper. Or Big Wheel, rather. Yeah, it did look yeah. like a chopper, but I mean, I think that uh, probably in the '70s, kids were allowed to have motorcycle I guess so, licenses. Yeah. That seems from possible. what everything that I know of the uh, of the '70s, they were allowed to walk to the park by seems themselves right. and drive choppers and smoke. <laughs> smoke. Uh, did you want to talk about any of these other ones, or should we check in with the ad council? Let's check in with the ad council. Let's do it. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, Fees, what do we got? Well, I want to start with an email. This is from listener Nate. Um, Nate writes, I was trying to explain what Kool-Aid is to my two-year-old son. Mm. I'd love to know what precipitated that explanation, I, by the my way. My parents never had to have that talk with me. <laughs> well, we, we It was come, just always around. We come from a different time. Yeah. When my wife ran across this vintage advertising gem, and this is, this is a Kool-Aid commercial from, I guess, the 80s, and it stars, <laughs> among other people, a very young Kirk Cameron. Ooh. Um, and he's... It, he's uh, got his arm in a sling or one arm is broken and in a cast uh, and his little sister and he's kind of sitting on the porch looking glum because his arm's broken and his little sister comes out and starts bugging him to try to, to play catch with her kids are kids teach me to catch kids are kids it's true be serious ask him again kids will do the things mom. only kids will do just takes one arm Girl. And moms are moms. They know what's good for kids. Okay, so the little girl talked her brother into <laughs> it. Please, please listen carefully to the lyrics of okay. the song. So she says to her brother, it only takes one arm to play catch, which, by the way, I'm not the sportiest guy in the world, but Patently I... Patently false. Yeah, thank Patently you. false. But anyway, it convinces him because apparently his brain is also broken. So he goes running out in the yard with her, and they're going to uh, throw the old ball around. Girl. And moms are moms. They know what's good for kids. 
Always doing what so he's tossing the ball and uh, she's not catching it. Uh, and he, he looks exasperated. She's not good at this catching thing. And now he throws it really high. And it lands. She closes her eyes and it just magically lands in her glove. Now mom comes out with the... Um, the Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid unsweetened with just the right amount of my sugar. We love it. Kool-Aid has vitamin C at about a fourth the price of soda. <laughs> Kirk Cameron's doing that little thing that uh, actually I could do that as a kid too. My dad taught me to do it. You, you hold the baseball in your hand, then you drop it on the inside of your elbow and you extend your arm and you just kind of like... pops it up and you can catch it one-handed. It. Yeah. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying that it's one of my many skills. Um, I love the song. That is moms are moms. And kids are kids. I don't really know what happened after that. I'm disappointed that's not Candace Cameron. I know. Oh. I think they're probably too close yeah. in age. The little girl, um, all the acting in that is just really special. As is all the hair. And the hair mm-hmm. and the wardrobe. And uh, like Kirk Cameron just like hamming it up for the camera. I can kind of understand why he became a, a child star. He's got a star. great like little kid smile. Yeah, he's got flashes. He had charisma pearlies. for sure. Yeah. They never answer the question though. How does he get the ball back? Is she picking it up and throwing it to him? Is he catching it with one hand? She's probably not a good thrower either. No, they show she's not a good thrower. Oh, do they show her throwing it? Did I not pay attention? Well, oh, yeah, yeah, during yeah. During the montage of her not being able to oh, yeah. catch or throw the ball. Oh, you're right. He gives her a big eye roll. Okay. So that is a gem. Nate and, and Nate's wife, thank you so much. Nate had some observations, and I think Nate really says it better than I could. Five initial impressions. One, you've got a female protagonist, the little girl, who clearly loves sports, but is so stereotypically inept that she only succeeds at catching the ball when it falls into her outstretched mitt when her eyes are closed. And she's also, uh, we failed to say, wearing like, she sort of has like Shirley Temple style. She's yeah, like Shirley Temple ringlets. curls and like a pink lacy Sad dress. It's just terrible. Uh, two, Kool-Aid was being marketed as a healthy beverage alternative for kids in the 1980s. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. a sports drink. Just the right amount of my sugar. Yeah. And cheaper than soda. And cheaper yeah. than soda. Uh, three, I forgot that part of the Kool-Aid recipe was literally shoveling cups full of sugar into the pitcher and stirring it into the sludgy consistency of tomato broth. That brought back all sorts of happy memories for me. Uh, number four, Kurt Cameron. Yeah. Um, and, it. and five, uh, Nate wants the mom to be part of his squad. Oh, really? Yeah, which I get. Because she's, she's always got the sugar. She's she got just the right amount of, right amount of my sugar. Now yeah. I want to go back. I want to actually. I, I apologize. I thought we were done with this, but the I'm mom go has back. sort of like um, who played olive oil and Popeye? Oh, Shelley yeah. Duvall. Oh yeah, she a little me bit. A little bit of Ellen too, for some reason. Yeah, I degenerous. Yeah, really. I don't know what's good for kids. This is actually a good opportunity to listen. Always doing what they should for kids. <laughs> moms are moms. They know what's yeah, fun the for kids. <laughs> okay. I need Little girl's a little chubby too. I'm not trying to body shame here, but uh, yeah, she's being fed cups full of sugar all day long. (laughs) She's very much a Shirley Temple look like. Yeah, yeah. Um, That is which is sort of a weird vibe for the '80s. I feel like that was a a, from a bygone era. I mean, I guess I could see the mom uh, being in in my squad. I mean, I'm not trying to take the. 
yeah take her Nate, write us back and say why you want the mom to be part of your squad because i i feel like it that deserves a little more unpacking um all right so veeves uh i know we have a guest here do you uh do you have any idea what time it is sayla do you know what time it is i think it's jingle time Head council, it's jingle time. I am so excited. We have two new jingles this week. Um, this first one is um, from listener Lizzie. And um, this is for Pepsi, I believe, if I'm recalling. Hi, Andrew and Genevieve. This is Lizzie, and I'm calling from Tacoma, Washington. And I'm calling with a jingle. Uh, this ad is maybe a little bit before my time, but uh, I work for this particular organization, and they play jingles and old ads as hold music if you're waiting for, like, the help desk or if you're waiting for a conference call. Um, so sitting on hold, waiting for someone to fix your stupid computer, listening to the song over and over again for 20 minutes uh, really gives it time to for the earworm to dig into your brain and never let go. So. so wait a second. Do we know, does she work for an ad agency? No, it sounds like that's just whatever company she works for instead of doing hold music. like They play old they just play retro old commercials? Retro, or, or whatever hold music company they have contracted with. But instead of music, it's old, like vintage. Commercial. Yeah, which actually that's is really way, cool. way better cool. than old, than just, you know, elevator music. Yeah. There is an ad agency that uh, I work with uh, for TBTL. And every now and then when we have a new sponsor on the show, I have to do what they call an onboarding call. I've talked about these before. It's when they explain what the pain points are and how their product or service is a solution to those pain points. Um, And uh, I cannot think of the name of the company. And every time time this happens to me, I, I, I try to remember to go back and look it up and I never do. But... I'm calling for the conference call. I'm usually the first one on the line, or at least I'm there before the team leader is, so I'm listening to their hold audio. And it's this crack. You know how I have an obsession with like anything that has an old crackle with age sound to it? And it's some guy talking about direct-to-consumer marketing, only it's before I think that term was maybe used, or at least it sounds like really old audio of a guy giving a lecture to people who are already in the ad business mm-hmm. and it feels like it's from the 60s i mean the this whole is what thing... they play on your before your conference yes calls? yes it's and it's fascinating really? i like almost don't want them to to pick up and i always mean to like try to remember uh like to grab a bit of what he's saying and google it later i guess i could just ask them when i guess that's probably what i'm supposed to do they probably want you to ask like what is that that i'm listening to but it's 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 so much better than hold music that's interesting yeah i've never had that yeah and and it's like kind of you know it's in the their wheelhouse of what they're doing because it's advertising related anyway um so that was a good story to dig into your brain and never let go so um okay here goes pepsi cola hits the spot 12 full ounces, that's a lot. Twice as much for nickel, too. Pepsi Cola is the drink for you. So there you go. Um, once you hear it, you can never unhear it. <laughs> uh, love the show. Thanks, guys. Bye. That's fantastic. Yeah, I love that. I, that's not a Pepsi jingle I'd ever heard before. How about you, Taylor? No, never heard it. All right. Okay. Uh, and so is this the original here, Vives? Yep. All right, let's take a listen to this. Pepsi Cola hits the spot. 12 full ounces, that's a lot. Twice as much for a nickel, too. Pepsi-Cola is the drink for you. Pepsi. There's a lot of it. (laughs) 
Tw- yeah, it's 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 really going for a volume argument. It really yeah. is twice as much for a nickel too. What does that mean? I'm not, I'm not doing that. I don't understand. Well, the I think pitch. they say don't they say twelve? Don't they say twelve ounces yeah. at some point? So then maybe you can double it for a nickel, get twenty four ounces. Although they're not selling twenty four ounces, I guess maybe you can do, get two cans. I guess so. People mm. back then didn't drink twenty four ounces of soda. No, that's a that's a not. purely modern. Condition. Absolutely. Let's listen again. Break this down. Pepsi Cola hit the spot. Twelve full ounces. That's a lot. Twice as much for a nickel too. Pepsi Cola is the drink for you. Yeah, maybe if you're buying it at the store to take home to you the get, fam. It's like you get another one for a nickel. You put it in the ice box for later. Well, All right. Thank you, Lizzie. That was great. I'd never heard that before. And we have one more uh, voicemail here. We do. And like. we, you had put this call out, Andrew, for local radio commercial jingles. Oh, and so yeah. I full, that. you know, full uh, spoiler alert, I guess. Uh, it's impossible to find the original for oh, those kinds of right, things. Yeah. I, I radio looked for commercials. It. I've gone down many a. Uh, Many a rabbit hole. Yes, nobody. Th- that is as ephemeral as it gets. So uh, this is from listener Allison. Hi Genevieve. Hi Andrew. This is Allison from Madison, Wisconsin. Points, by the way, to Allison for saying hello to you first, Vives. I've noticed it's very weird because on the other podcasts it's always "Hey Luke and Andrew," and on this one it's always jarring to me to hear people say "Hey Andrew and Genevieve." <laughs> um, and maybe it's just because I'm the first person to talk. Be- you know, on the yeah. show is probably natural. I think we also. In- I think when we recap the show for soundcloud we write andrew and genevieve every time really mostly oh we shouldn't do that anyway okay uh back to this hi genevieve hi andrew this is allison from madison wisconsin in your last episode so so sorry you invited us to call in with radio jingles so i have a radio jingle from here in madison um it's a local car dealership and it is the worst jingle but it gets stuck (laughs) in your head and um so I guess it's effective. So I'm going to sing that one for you. Don Miller makes the drive-in fine, fine. Don Miller has the car you have in mind, and it's fine. Don Miller. Uh, <laughs> that was great. And also, it like, her great. phone was, she first of all, good mic placement. You yeah. could tell she was pulling away from the, yeah. the mic when she yeah. was singing, and it gave it That's almost tricky. like yeah. a... A reverb to smooth that out a little bit. Let me tell you, I looked up Don Miller in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, he has a real empire, um, not oh, just yeah. car dealerships, but like car repair outfits. Like you can, you can have your, you can have your entire automotive experience with Don Miller. Uh, that reminds me of one I mentioned to you on the show the other day that there's one um, that I hear on the radio all the time that I've really come to love, and I don't have this ready, so I'm going to try <laughs> to just play this. Now, I hear this on the radio all the time. I'm hoping they're also in the TV commercials. This is for Lee Johnson Auto Family. Do you want me to sing it first? Yeah, sing it. All right. This is how it always goes in the radio commercials. Lee Johnson Auto Family, the LJ way. When Lee Johnson Sr. began selling cars in 1933, they looked like this. As we begin our 80th year celebration, our values remain the same. Making sure your car buying experience is easy and pleasurable. It's the LJ way. Add that to our unbeatable pricing and financing, and you have great deals. Find new roads in this Come 2013 on. Chevy Cruze. They totally got the music in the back. Yeah. Lee Johnson Auto Family, the LJ way. I love it. I do too. It's a I, good I get it stuck in my head too. I know, and I can't tell. Like, I don't think the first time I heard that jingle, I was like, "Well, I like that song." I think that's just the magic of jingles. It is like the only one that doesn't eventually win you over is Cars for Kids. You just hate it more. 
You just hate it more every time. Is that a reality you live in? Do you ever, uh, Taylor, do you ever like hear that on the radio? Or? I don't hear that one. Yeah. No. So you just know it from us like, kind of talking, talking about it? Oh, yeah. my God. It is so obnoxious. Um, all right. So that's all we got. Unless somebody in the Unless... room. I mean, the one of us sang a I jingle. Know. All right. I'll do it. Okay. okay. Oh, I mean, do you want us to look away? Sure. No. It's right. <laughs> do you I want us you to look like, know it. directly at your, your <laughs> eye the whole time? Not that. <laughs> yeah, I think you might know it from your time in New England. Because okay. I remember it from watching Red Sox games with my dad. It also has a radio version. So I might be misremembering. I don't know if you'll be able to find this exactly, but it is. Who do you call when your windshield's busted? Call giant glass. Pa, 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 da, done right, done fast. Wherever you are, we're number 1-854-GIANT. 1-854-GIANT. Yes. And then it goes on from there. I remember yeah, one eight hundred fifty four giant yeah, for sure. The rest of it I had lost, but that that one eight hundred fifty four giant is an earworm. If your windshield was ever busted, that's who you were calling. That's right. I'll bet you. See, back then when I was living in New Hampshire, I was mm-hmm. listening to almost only public radio. Mm-hmm. I didn't follow sports. I didn't listen to commercial radio, yeah. and I don't think we had a TV signal. Then, no, right. We were but only I drove. Like, I drove my car, and I listened. I've only oh, ever you listened, listened to commercial pop, radio, like pop. pop. Pop music, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. I think there were versions that ran on like Kiss One Away, yes. you know, ninety four five, and I definitely remember seeing TV ads during Sox games, and they also had the um, behind the plate ad placement, so they were going big for the sport crowd. Yeah, well, if there's one truth in New England, it's that people rocks and salt and shit will pop up and yeah, break yeah. your windshield. Accurate. Everyone, I I definitely had a windshield or two replaced mm-hmm. in, when I lived there. I probably yeah. called one eight hundred fifty four giant. There's a commercial that I'm, I'm killing myself trying to think of. Our friend Celine Ramadan, who's been on the show before, mm-hmm. prom queen, um, she, she sends me this link to this crazy guy who has like a dollar store or just like a like a markdown store in New Hampshire. And it was one of those things where he became like a local character. He just like screams at the TV. Right. Um, and I know I have a drop of him, but I can't even... I, I, I want to play it for you because there's an off chance mm-hmm. that you would know it with your New England roots, but I can't even think of how to find it in my own library right now. So... Good for me. Yeah. I really thought that if I talked about it, eventually I would get there. I'm, I'm not able to help you with okay, this. Okay, well, fantastic. Power up. <laughs> You can't sell anything. I'm gonna find. I'll send it to you if I can find yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll look for it and play it in the next one. You Something to look forward to, for once. <laughs> Taylor, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was really great. It's and been thank, fun. Thank you for the awesome theme, which it was not something I would have thought of, but actually was super fun to. No, look I through. felt bad after I suggested it. I was like, oh no, did I set them up? I don't know if there's enough good stuff. Oh, there's more than enough stuff. good stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And um, of course, safe travels Thank back you. to the nation's beltway. I, I will send your greetings back to the nation's beltway. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything like? Can people follow you on Twitter, maybe? Yeah. Or what's going on with you? At Taylor K on Twitter. Um, and right now, I'm underemployed, but you know, okay. I'm out there doing the things on the internet. So okay. if anybody, yeah. um, if anybody uh, has a job offer I mean, for you. Hey. Yes, I'm okay. available. I can be a royals reporter for you. Okay. Um, no, like, Andrew, I worked in public radio for a long time, and I'm figuring out the next step. So All right. We'll Sounds see. good. We'll, uh, Any openings at Vanity Fair? I would love to see ooh, your byline. That'd be amazing. That would be I'm amazing. available, Vanity Fair. Call me. Well, thank you again. That was uh, wonderful. Was and um, Genevieve, we should probably give out, I guess, the email address again. After these messages show at Gmail. 
And we have a very, very vibrant uh, Facebook group. Taylor, will you back us up on that? I absolutely will. It's fun. It's one of the reasons I'm still on Facebook. Me wow, too. that's great. That's yeah, actually an story. extremely it's high compliment. The absolute because truth. Facebook is kind of a cesspool. Yeah. yeah. But if you're willing to t- dip a toe in that cesspool, come hang out on our Facebook group. It is a very nice place. Uh, it's a nice island in an otherwise gross place. Uh, after these messages show, it's the Facebook group. Um, just answer a couple of questions or call us at 607-444-5597. All right. Talk to you guys next Tuesday. Kittens, puppies, 401ks, Vavos, yuppies. Yeah, I'm talking about wine drinkers, bald head man, clucks, clan, swine thinkers. What motivates you? Let's go around the room.